Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I have a question to start with tonight, and just a advance warning, I'm not expecting answers to this. It's, it's just something to get you thinking. Um, my question is, have you ever been in trouble with the law? <laughs> uh, you can answer it in your head. Well, well, I have, I have to confess, um, a couple of years ago, uh, so some of you may remember our um, previous car, which um, is exactly the same as the current car, but a different color, and um, it had a, a wee problem with rust, or a, a rather large problem with rust, actually, um, towards the end of its life, before it spontaneously combusted, it... Um, <laughs> It was looking rather rusty. And anyway, uh, about a month before the, the death of the car, I was um, at our church building uh, in Inverness um, loading some furniture onto the car. And um, as I pulled away up the, the wee side street, um, a, a police car came up the street behind me. And I didn't think much of it. Um, went up the street, up the next street, and... Um, the police car still behind me, but again, I must be going the same way. Um, we turn the corner, the police car turns the corner, but so does much of the other traffic. And it wasn't until um, we're um, about 300 meters down the road that um, I see some blue lights in the rear mirror, and we come to a halt. And um, the policeman had basically um, spotted the rust and had decided that our car was um, wreck which should not be on the road uh, which was not true by the way it was actually um, very very sound um, other than the rust <laughs> um, but anyway I rolled down the window he said um, I'm going to take some action here not sure what yet but I'm going to do something <laughs> in other words he'd already decided he, he uh, was going to book me but he was now going to look for something to book me for um, so I went and sat in the back of the police car uh, with his mate while he um, walked around and around my car <laughs> trying to find faults and um, he came back to the car uh, with a, a long list of complaints most of which were entirely imaginary um, he, he said I, I think you'll find um, if you get it up on a ramp that it's, um, it's really rusty underneath so it would fail an MOT um, I think you'll find uh, if you measure the tread on the tires that um, they're not legal anymore I think you'll find that if you try to open the rear door from the inside that um, it won't open um, none of those were the case, in fact the, the rear door would be shut <laughs> <laughs> And his, um, his, his parting shot on this was, and the back of the car is so rusty that if you reverse into a pedestrian, you might scratch them. <laughs> I resisted the temptation to say, well, I'll, I'll bear that in mind next time I reverse into a pedestrian. 
He then went on to book me for the only two genuine faults with the car, uh, with, with, with which I couldn't argue, uh, one of which was there was a piece, of, a piece of plastic broken on the rear light cluster, and the other is that one of the front tires wasn't fully inflated. Um, so £150 fine and three points. So I felt a bit hard done by. And, um, you know, at that moment, what would really have made my day was if the, if the policeman, having filled in his little booking form, had then taken out his checkbook and um, written me a check for £150 and said, hey, well, I've, I've had to book you, but um, I'm going to pay the fine for you. Anyone ever met a policeman like that? No. <laughs> Our big word tonight is redemption. And um, redemption is all about somebody paying a penalty, somebody paying a ransom, somebody paying something that is owed on your behalf. It's a word that was probably used an awful lot more in church life than it is today. Uh, anyone ever come across the redemption hymnal? Yeah? Redemption hymnal was um, something that was, uh, I think it was in vogue about a hundred years ago, but it, um, it lingered on um, into, in fact, probably still lingering on today in some churches, but certainly um, in my teenage years it was um, very much in evidence. Redemption is a sort of word you maybe expect to hear from um, one of these street preachers, you know, the, the old guys in the 1950s suit and tie who, um, who come up to you very earnestly in the street uh, and say, hey brother, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? <laughs> have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? But redemption is actually a word we've got to get a hold of today. It's a Bible word, and um, the meaning of this word is absolutely powerful. I would have loved someone to um, to pay that £150 for me, but bottom line was um, I could find £150. But imagine if the cost imposed by the court was so great that I could possibly pay it. Imagine if my predicament was, was not a small fine, and but a life sentence or, or a death sentence. Imagine if I was sentenced to a life of slavery. If day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I was condemned to the monotony of hard labor, of um, picking away at some cold, cold face or down a salt mine. Those were some of the, the punishments they used to deal out in the past. Then imagine that somebody stepped in and paid the price for my freedom. That's redemption. Now how grateful would you be if somebody did that for you? Here's some um, definitions from uh, Bible dictionaries and ordinary dictionaries. To redeem means the, the payment of a price to recover from the power of another. It means to ransom, to buy off or to pay off. It means to rescue from, to set free as from slavery, slavery or kidnapping by providing money or other compensation. And so redemption is a 
a payment that brings freedom. It's somebody paying the price um, to set you free. That is exactly what Jesus did. Look at Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. And on the cross, Jesus stepped in to pay the price. I want you to picture for a minute a, a courtroom scene. I, many years ago, I heard Tony Campolo speak. And he said he, he had, his worst nightmare had used to be that he would come to the end of his life and um, he would appear um, in, in a courtroom and God would play a videotape of, of all the bad things I had done and my mother would be there. Imagine yourself in, in a courtroom like this and guess who the pros- prosecutor is? It's the devil. He's the one that, that always wants to accuse us. He's the one that that always wants to bring you down, that always wants to bring condemnation. He incites you to sin and then he blames you for the sin. And the devil, in, in one sense, has an easy job. He doesn't need to walk around and around my car looking for faults um, because the faults in, in my life and probably in yours too are obvious and they're many. And, you know, as we stand up in that court and the devil begins to, to bring his accusations, we, we would put up a pretty feeble defense, really. Um, perhaps it would go something like this. Your Honor, he's a liar. I'm, I'm not a liar. Uh, well, well, not a very big liar. Uh, they were only white lies, Your Honor. Uh, and they really were extremely rare. Well, well, well very rare. A little bit rare, and and nobody got hurt. Um, well, not not very often. Well, well Your Honour, I, I did tell the truth more often than I told a lie. Guilty. Your Honour, he's a thief. No, I'm not. Not. I'm not a thief. What about the plastic animals? How do you know about the plastic animals? <laughs> They, they were very small, uh, and, and and I was very young, and it was a long time ago, and I, I really wanted them. You don't know how much I wanted them. Guilty. Your Honor, he's a murderer. No, not a murderer. I, I admit it now, I, I did do those other things, but I've, I've never killed anyone. Your Honor. He chopped off his boss's head with a samurai sword. No, I didn't. I've got it here on DVD. That's a recording of my thoughts. I didn't actually do it. And I only thought it once. Or or twice. (laughs) Or or maybe three times. And only for a minute or two. And he deserved it. He, he really deserved it. You don't know how much he deserved it. And I won't do it again. Guilty. We're all guilty. And the sentence is passed. And it's the ultimate sentence. 
its death. And just before I'm about to be led away, just before you're about to be led away, suddenly there's a cry from the back of the courtroom. And a man steps up and he said, Your Honor, wait. I'll pay the price. I'll take the sentence. He deserves to die, but I'll die in his place. And it's Jesus. And that's what he did for your life and mine. That is redemption. Redemption brings freedom. You know, under our legal system, you can't do that. You can't serve somebody else's sentence. But imagine if you Imagine if, if somebody stepped up and you were getting your just desserts and they go in your place. That's exactly what Jesus has done. He brings freedom for you. He brings freedom for me. Redemption brings freedom. Jesus illustrated redemption in many different ways. And the three parables in the, in the Bible about lost things that became found. And that's all a part of the redemptive process. The process in which Jesus pays the price that, that we ought to pay. Which Jesus pays the penalty that was due on our lives. And as a result of that, the lost becomes found. One of these is about sheep. I want to have a look at that tonight. In Luke 15 and verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then, calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me I found my lost sheep I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent and you know I don't think Jesus chose sheep here by accident it's, it's not a, a parable about dogs or, or monkeys, or, or octopi. It's, it's a parable about sheep. And I think what Jesus is saying here is that sheep are not very clever. Sheep think they know it all. They think they know best. Sheep think they can go anywhere and do anything. And then it all goes wrong. And when they get stuck, there is nothing they can do to get themselves out of their predicament got a few illustrations um, of the predicaments of sheep tonight. The sheep that thought it could lick the bottom of the bucket and then get it off its head. The sheep that thought it could do the same with the bag. Uh, the sheep that um, thought it could do something with the chair. The sheep that thought it would have a look down the hole. The sheep that thought it could cross the cattle grid. <laughs> the sheep that um, landed on the um, telegraph wire. Uh, just to explain a little bit on that, on that one. The, um, the, the one with the telegraph wire, I believe it's in Switzerland. And it's a terraced mountainside. The, the sheep jumped off one terrace onto the, onto the other, but landed in the, um, in the wires. 
Then there's the sheep, sheep that climbed onto the roof. Absolutely genuine. This is not Photoshop. This did happen. Um, it was quite an ingenious sheep. In one way it got up, but it couldn't get down. The sheep that got, climbed the cliff. And the sheep that got rescued from the cliff. And the sheep that thought it had found a nice wee shortcut. So sheep get in trouble. Sheep need to be rescued. And I think the point that Jesus is making here is that we are sheep. You know, we're not very clever. We think we know it all. We think we know best. We think we can go anywhere and do anything. And then it all goes wrong. And there's nothing we can do to get ourselves out of our predicament. We realize that true freedom is not found in doing whatever we want. It's found in the incredible life that the shepherd has planned for us. You know, it's in human nature to push the boundaries. It's in human nature. You know, the sheep might have the most wonderful farm on which to spend its life. The grass always looks a bit greener over on the other side of the fence. What the attraction of the roof of the house was, I'm not sure. But there's always an attraction that's just beyond the boundary, and we're like that too. There's always an attraction in doing what we're not supposed to do. Started back in the garden. God says, you can do anything you want except eat the fruit. What does Eve do? She eats the fruit. When I was seven, we moved house. And um, my dad hired this um, big lorry, and he rigged up this contraption for loading the lorry. Um, might have been simpler to get a gang of guys around to, to help, but anyway, it was, um, it was one evening, it was only him there, and um, he came up with this ingenious system, um, which involved long bits of wood on rollers. You could sort of... the, the the lorry was backed up to the front door and you could go through from the porch into the hallway into a, a passageway and out into the extension at the back of the house all in, a, all in a line. And so he had these pieces of wood on rollers and bits of furniture and things would, would move along the, the rollers and end up in the lorry. It was very ingenious. Anyway, I was watching the progress of all these heavy things onto the lorry and Dad says, don't put your hand under the rollers. I don't think until that point it had crossed my mind to put my hand under the rollers. <laughs> but suddenly <laughs> it became a very attractive thing to do. And three or four minutes later, the, um, the progress of whatever was um, going onto the lorry came to a halt. And um, my dad's looking around. Why is the thing not moving? Well, it's not looking. It's not moving because my hand was under the ruler. And um, I'm um, not screaming about it because I'm incredibly embarrassed at having done what he told me not to do. And um, what I'm hoping is that the whole thing will will roll on over my hand and, 
and let me out um, without me confessing what I've done. Um, but it doesn't. It's stuck firmly with the ruler on top of my hand. And so eventually Dad realizes um, what I've done and he comes and rescues me. I don't know if any of you have ever had your, your hand crushed, but you think it's sore when it's getting squeezed, but it's when you take the pressure off that it really gets sore. And that's the point when I start running it <laughs> up and down and trying to bear the pain. Totally unnecessary. What was the attraction of putting my hand under the roller? I cannot tell you to this day. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was connected with being told not to do it. It's human nature. We push the boundaries and we need a rescuer. We need a redeemer. And when Jesus steps in and brings redemption, it brings freedom. And it brings true freedom. True freedom is not anarchy. True freedom is not uh, me doing what I would like to do. True freedom is, is living the life that God has um, created for me to live. The verse we looked at earlier in Galatians, it says we're free from the curse of the law. That's an amazing thing. It means we're free from the power of sin. It means sin can't dominate our lives any longer. It means you can resist temptation. You can break habitual sin in your life. You can be transformed. You can change into a different sort of person. How amazing is that? But there's even more. Redemption brings freedom. And redemption brings adoption. A bit further in Galatians, we find this in chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Isn't this amazing? We're no longer slaves, nor are we just sheep set free to wander in the, in the amazing pasture, good as that is. But God doesn't treat us as sheep, however much we deserve it. He makes us sons and daughters of the King. You know, this is not what freed slaves would normally expect. When slavery came to an end in, in the United States, all those um, slaves won their freedom, which was great. But it didn't translate them into the most wonderful life. Most of them continued to live in the poverty they had all, always lived in. Most of them, yes, they were free to make life choices, which, which was great. But their lack of resources really constrained the options that were, were genuinely open to them. And so living in freedom was just a small step up from slavery. But it's so different with us. We're no longer slaves. We're God's children 
and his heirs. What does it mean to be an heir? It means we inherit from our parents everything that belongs to them. And in this case, our parent is God. Our heavenly father is God. And so what this is saying is that everything that is his is available to us as kids. Everything that is his. You know, well, what doesn't belong to God? The Bible says the, the gold is his, the silver is his. The Bible says the, the cattle on a thousand hills are his. His resources are limitless. Everything belongs to him. You know, you'd, you'd think it was amazing if, if you were adopted by a, a millionaire or a, or a billionaire or a multi-billionaire. But compared to what God has done for us, that pales into insignificance. Because he's the greatest. We're his kids. No longer slaves, but children of the king. And that's what redemption is all about. That's the fullness of what Jesus did for us when he paid the price. When, when he said, you're not going to serve the sentence, I'm going to serve it for you. Just think. Just imagine. You know, if, if we're ever feeling down, if we're ever feeling a bit depressed, if we're ever low, just focus on that. Just think, Jesus did that for me. Even if everything else in life seems to be heading in the wrong direction, that's something amazing that we can give thanks for. We're redeemed. He's paid the price. We're no longer slaves. You, child of the king. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we just want to thank you for what you've done in us. We just want to thank you for who you've made us. Lord, we thank you redemption. We thank you, Lord, that you paid the price. It was a price we couldn't possibly pay. There was no way for us to, to get off the cliff. There was no way for us to get off the roof. There was no way for us to climb out of the hole. And you stepped in. And you did what was necessary. You brought redemption to our lives. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.